1: It's time to Accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 647 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. And since it's Friday, it's time for another episode of Frontline Friday with my very special co-host, Bridget Gleason. Now, today, Bridget and I are going to talk about the value of relationships in sales. Now, there is all type of nonsense being spouted out online, on podcasts, and social media by so-called sales experts who claim that relationships just don't matter in sales. Well, friends, they do matter. The problem is that so many people don't understand what a relationship means in terms of having a relationship with a buyer. You know, it's not about becoming their buddy. (laughs) It's not about them doing you a favor or you doing them a favor. No, a relationship in sales, it's, it's a functional relationship. It's a relationship that, you know, is by necessity it happens when two people have to work together, or two or more people have to work together to achieve a goal. That's a relationship. It's a functional relationship that leads, hopefully, to the creation of trust. Because without trust, purchases don't happen. So join us, Bridget and I, because we're gonna dig into this today. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to Andypaul.com forward slash six four seven. You know, friends, I've been mentoring and training sales professionals for years now and you've heard me talk about this in the last several weeks, is you know one of the most important elements to career success is aligning yourself with a company that develops its employees, values their customers, and has a portfolio of products that can compete with anyone in the market. And that's why if you're a top performer in your current role and you're looking for a fresh sales challenge to take your career to the next level, then CenturyLink should be at the top of your list. With its recent acquisition of Level 3, the new CenturyLink is a world leader and providing cloud security, real-time communications, hybrid IT, and managed services. So if you want the excitement, challenge, and rewards that come from selling industry-leading services to the enterprise, then visit centurylink.com forward slash accelerate and join their talent community. That's centurylink.com forward slash accelerate. Reach out and see if a career at CenturyLink is the right step for you. Also, before I talk with Bridget, let me remind you, that the second edition of the Sales Leadership Accelerated Mastermind for SaaS sales leaders, coming up, kicks off on April 24th. This is a joint venture between my company and a Winning by Design That's uh, was founded, CEO of Jocko Vanderkoy, And we call the Sales Leadership Accelerated Mastermind SaaS Slam for short. And this is absolutely limited to founders, CROs, VPs of sales of high-growth SaaS companies, and it's called Accelerated Mastermind because in just two days, you'll become better prepared to transform how you sell, scale, and develop the capabilities of your team to crush your goals. Past participants include companies such as AdRoll, Adobe, MarketStar, G2 Crowd, and others. Also, I want to thank our corporate partners for providing support for SaaS including Storm Ventures, Outreach, Chorus, G2 Crowd, and Membrane. So for more information about how to apply for your place at SAS Slam, go to ww.sasslam, that's S-A-A-S-S-L-A-M dot forward slash event one, the number one. That's SassSlam.com forward slash event one. All right, let's start up frontline Friday. Bridget, how you doing?
2: Bridget. You're calling me Bridget. What are you, Captain Fantastic? We'll get to no, we'll I'm, get good we'll okay. get I'm good with Bridget. Okay, I'm good with Bridget. Hello, Andy. I can't, Hello, do, it Andy? I can't I do it every time. I know you have been, so I like the, I like changing it up. Andy, how are you? Good, good, fantastic. As a matter of fact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anything? I'm, I'm happy with new? being good.
1: Um, no, just yeah, lots of things going on, lots of good things going on. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, I thought today we'd talk about relationships in sales. Really? I yeah. was
2: gonna say, are we gonna talk
1: about our personal relationships? Well, or? we could. We could. Ah. I mean, they're closely aligned.
2: Well, that's true. They can be.
1: They can be. I mean, if you So anyway, the, the impetus was is that someone who you and I both know, or at least I know, I'm sure you know of, posted a video on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago and made this big, fat claim that relationships don't matter in sales. And, huh. I, and I was thinking, <laughs> hey, boy, I'm so tired of this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I, I could say I disagree violently with this person. I think they're, they're out left, you know, they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to this. But what's your take on it?
2: I, I think that whoever posted it was just trying to be provocative. I, it's hard for me to believe that anybody really believes that.
1: Well, there are people that believe that. And th- this person's not the only one. I mean, I, I don't say that I hear it you know, every day, but I, I hear it a surprising amount that people, it's like, well, I don't need to have a relationship with a buyer. And I'm thinking, well, huh. Maybe they just don't really understand what a relationship means. Do you think that's the case? Do you think everybody start, the ones that disagree or think that the relationships aren't important that somehow they think that that means they have to be buddy buddy with their buyer?
2: I well, I don't know, maybe. But I think any kind of buying relationship is based on trust, and trust is a really important and key component of a relationship. Well you, and I
1: you can't have trust without a relationship, right? Who am I trusting or what am I trusting if not
2: the person? Right, and you can't have a good relationship without trust. Yeah. So it's even when I'm buying let's say I'm buying online and I'm not interacting th- there still needs to be that element of trust and also in a way even I have a relationship I have a, a feeling. I, I I need to have that trust, even if it's with a brand or with people that I talk to on chat. There's there's so much that element of trust and whatever that d- rapport can be developed mm-hmm. really important. If somebody gets back to me, like I had, um, I had ordered. I think I mentioned to you. Well, I know I mentioned to you before the show started that I just bought a little place in. Boston. and mm-hmm. so i'm I'm doing some things, you know, painters and getting stuff ready to uh, for the place., yeah. and I had ordered something online, and there was an issue with it. And I sent an email. It was early in the morning. When I say early, I mean early, like <laughs> five a m before you're on. and somebody got back to me right away earlier than I would expected and it wasn't an automated one you could mm-hmm. tell by the response and just the tenor and the tone of the reply was there was a relationship i felt good about it i it was pleasant it was helpful it was it made a difference to me and so i think it is important had i just gotten the bots going back and forth i don't know i wouldn't feel i wouldn't feel the same way i wouldn't feel strongly about the brand i may or may not have completed the purchase i don't know so
1: well, I think with a you know something that's sort of highly transactional that takes place in one call. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, there's still an element of trust that has to exist. So, so there's a rela- exactly. there is exactly there is a relationship. And I'm saying
2: even with the most basic transactional, I mm-hmm. still think
1: it's important. Let alone business to business. So, so there's two definitions of relationship that you know if you just go online and search in Google relationships that come up. I mean, there's actually a third, but that's. Yeah, you know, talking about more conventional relationships, but one is relationship is defined in the, as something that is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. So, if you're selling something to somebody, you are connected. Mm. You're not necessarily friends, but you are connected for the so it is a relationship, and whether that relationship. Develops to a point where they will develop the tr- trust and be inspired by you in order to buy something from you it takes more work, but I mean at the first part. There's a relationship, or another definition is you know, the relationship is the way in which two or more people regard and behave toward each. Excuse me, regard or behave toward each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> which again is what happens in sales. And so, people thinking that oh my god, it's just not important. Yeah, as you said, maybe they're just trying to be deliberately provocative or they just don't get it. And I think that's I'm I'm concerned that people just don't get it.
2: Yeah, I I don't know how in a in a in a sale that isn't transactional. I guess I'm I, I don't have I don't understand how that couldn't be important. What what did what did the what did the article say? What did the blog post say about why it's not important? It's just nobody cares? And I'm
1: trying to remember because there's several that I saw so somewhat, hmm. somewhat around the same time. But I think it often sort of boils down to this fundamental misunderstanding about what this connection is with another person that you have. And you, know, you don't I mean, there are times, I guess, I've had it rarely in my career, but a couple times where a customer became a friend. But for the most part, my customers weren't buddy buddy. I mean, yeah, we might go out and have a dinner or drink or something, but but it was completely unnecessary. I mean I think that that the ideal state of a relationship with between you and a buyer is what I call the fact that they are positively neutral about you, meaning they don't have negative feelings about you and you're not necessarily a buddy, but they feel positive towards you. And that creates the conditions in which you can develop trust and some form of engagement that that leads hopefully to them being inspired by you to to do business with you.
2: Yeah, I think I think trust is such the cornerstone of it. Because if somebody trusts you, then they are more likely to open up about what the real challenges are that they're having. And to allow you as a seller to ask questions and yeah. really have a, a, a productive inquiry. Well, and look If at, somebody doesn't trust you, they're not going to let you do that.
1: Right. So, if you look at, if anybody's read Stephen M. R. Covey's book, The Speed of Trust, which is a great, great book <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I think one of the, the best books written about trust and also Trusted Advisor by Maester and, and our friend Charlie Green, uh, yeah, he, Covey points out four key cornerstones of trust. Is I actually <laughs> I create a little acronym around it, but you know, there's motives, integrity, competence, and execution. Yeah, you know, Your motives have to be transparent to the buyer. You have to demonstrate integrity, which means that you necessary know, cornerstones for trust to develop. Integrity meaning that your actions have to align with your words. That's what integrity means in that case. And you have consistency that that you, the C is for competence, right? That you can demonstrate the ability to be able to help them and that you can execute. So you have motives, integrity, competence, execution. Well, you need to be in a relationship with a person or have a relationship with a person in order to be able to demonstrate those things. Otherwise, they don't care.
2: Yeah, that's that's right. They don't. It'd be interesting, Andy. Maybe we can read one of these article oh. or blogs together on on because I'm curious. I'm I'm. Well, was so one was a video. Um, okay. And I have to. I didn't get all the way through it because I couldn't.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I get that. I get that.
1: I mean, I I just yeah, I understand the the value of trying to be provocative. If you're trying to be provocative, to. To see if people are open-minded to a new way of looking at things. But uh, unfortunately, it seems like s- this one sort of fell into the category of being sort of mindlessly provocative and also misleading. So
2: far off the mark. And right. mis- misleading.
1: Yeah. And, and it's interesting. There's a something I read recently, uh, this, a summary of this research that's been done. Actually, a fairly significant research, I guess. Now that I've looked more into it, but I, I'd never heard of it before. I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect. No. Okay. Well, uh, two professors from the Cornell University scientists. And the effect, the Dunning-Kruger effect, says that the more expert you are in a particular field of study, the less likely you are to consider yourself an expert. Conversely the newer and less experienced you are in a field of study, the more likely you are to consider yourself an expert. Wow! <laughs> and they explain it saying that you know, with more than 3 billion people online, we have access to information and quote-unquote instant expertise, you know, more readily available than ever before. So when someone tackles a new skill or body of knowledge, they're often so enthusiastic about all they've learned, they tend to overestimate their mastery of the subject. So they're so confident in their ability to learn, that they become oblivious to the depth of information they have actually yet to conquer.
2: Uh, I am absolutely fascinated.
1: Now, don't things start making a lot of sense when we you know, any I, of us are online, it could be about any subject matter, it doesn't have to be sales, and you know, there's people claiming this instant expertise, and these easy solutions, and life hacks, and sales hacks, and so on. And yeah, they're as this person says in this report. They're oblivious to the depth of information they have yet to actually conquer.
2: I I just think that's brilliant. I I am going to look into it. I'm just seeing that there's one one article that was written called "We Are All Confident Idiots." <laughs> that's a great title. It is, isn't well,
1: it? Well, and and so one of the lines from this this one article uh, was saying that. You know, another element of this cognitive bias is that so-called experts' eagerness to overclaim—in air quotes—overclaim, stretching the truth, truth with claims about their knowledge that don't hold up under scrutiny. And this idea about relationships not mattering in sales is a perfect example of that.
2: dunning Kruger effect. Yeah. Gosh, that's great. I am definitely going to look into that and read more. I think it's fascinating.
1: Well, and I think that that. There's, I, I feel the, the truth of that. I mean so hey I've been in sales as long as you've been in sales. <laughs>
2: uh, ha, ha, ha. long You're saying long I've actually been: okay. in sales.
1: I've actually been in sales longer, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and And yet here I am having done you know 650 episodes of this podcast and part of what drives me to do it is the fact that I have this painful acknowledgement of the fact that there's so much more I need to learn about sales after four decades of doing it.
2: I feel the and, same way. And, and
1: studying it and talking to, over the last two years, 650 of the world's smartest people in sales read virtually 150, 200 books over the last two years on sales and marketing, and yet all it's done has made me aware of the fact that there's so little I know.
2: Yeah, and that's how I feel with a lot of things. I, I don't know what my issue is. I'm sure that somebody has diagnosed it somewhere of what mine is, but I I don't typically feel like an expert. I, I'm always feeling that there should be, you know, more for me to learn. Yeah. So here we are. We are
1: exemplifications of the Dunning Kruger effect. And yeah, I just found it. I was fascinated when I read it too, because it's like, oh, now I get it, everything that's going on. But, um, you know, you just gotta be careful. And we're gonna in a future effort episode, excuse me, we're gonna talk about this some more. Uh, yeah, there's so much content out there, so many promises and claims made by quote unquote experts that can't stand up under scrutiny. This idea mm. about relationships being unimportant is certainly one of those. And certainly, I'm sure most people listening to this have experienced that themselves is the the importance of relationships. I think the people who sometimes claim that not important are the people that have more difficulty at the task of you know connecting and doing that preliminary connecting and engaging with someone right and it's true it's not it's not um I don't think it's something you're necessarily born with though again, in a future episode, we're going to talk about whether or not perhaps that is something you're born with but I think it's it's something it's a skill you can develop and an aptitude you can develop. Cuz I'm introverted and I've gotten pretty adept at, at quickly connecting and engaging with people. So it can be learned and practiced and become a habit. But it's a fundamental skill in life. I mean if you say it's not important in business then you're making the same <laughs> statement I believe that it's not important
2: in your personal life. And of course I-
1: relationships are important.
2: Right. Well, I think it's very, very interesting, very provocative. But like you said, maybe uh, this person is suffering from the Dunning Kruger effect, whatever they call it. <laughs> the, I love it. I mean, the, d-
1: the Dunning Kruger effect. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'm going to use that. I'm going to try to use it three times today. I think I can. Just you know, I was going to say just walk around the office, but um, that wouldn't be fair to my colleagues. But I love. It. I I think it's. Just fascinating,
1: right? Now, just be careful though. If you say it too often, then you're going to be suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect. By
2: <laughs> uh, by feeling like an expert, <laughs> I feel
1: like an expert on it,
2: even though you've just heard about it. So you have to be I know. careful. I do. I do have to be careful. See, I could be. People could be saying that about me. That's right. That Captain Fantastic. She's suffering. <laughs> Captain Fantastic. She's suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect.
1: Well, actually, the the scientific name of the Dunning-Kruger effect is fantastic-itis.
2: Oh, dear. It yeah. all comes back to that, doesn't it? All it all
1: comes back to that, yes.
2: It all comes back to that.
1: All right. Bridget, Captain Fantastic. We're at the end All for today.
2: right. As always.
1: It's been fabulous. We will talk to you next week. Friends, make sure you come back join us again next Friday. We'll be here.
2: That we will.